0: Hello and welcome to the Phileas Club, the date is October 17th 2009 and this is a special episode about healthcare. Hello everyone and welcome to the Phileas Club, the show where we talk about, usually we talk about news from around the world, with people from around the world, but today I thought we would do something uh, special. As you heard in the intro, this is an episode about healthcare. There's been a lot of debate, especially in the U.S., uh, about this issue in the past uh, few months—very heated debates. And I noticed that a lot of people were invoking uh, the the systems were talking about the systems in other countries. But I realized that even myself didn't really know a lot about these uh, these other systems. So I figured, hey, it's the internet we have Skype and all sorts of wonderful technologies. So let's find out. Um, We have a bunch of people with me today, which is wonderful. But before we start the uh, introductions, I just want to say that we are not experts about this. It's not like you're going to get a lesson, a course about healthcare in these different countries. Um, It's just a bunch of friends from as usual in this show a bunch of friends who get together and chat it out and talk about how it is in their uh, own uh, experience and hopefully you will uh, get out of it with a clearer image of how it happens in these different countries so with without fur- further ado the introductions first of all let's go with the order of Skype Julio Aprea it, do, do I say it right who hello did?
1: patrick actually yeah that's that's a very good pronunciation <laughs> so, much better uh, than, than what i'm used
0: to cool i'm flattered yeah. um, so you are originally from argentina 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 and argentina and you are now in, living in uh, the netherlands correct yes Le exactly uh so hopefully you will be able to tell us a little bit about both next Maria, who, b- both of you have been on the show before, by the way. Uh, hey, Maria, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing fine. Hi.
0: Excellent. You are uh, you're the only person who, uh, whose job is actually relevant to the conversation. Uh, you work in, in, a, in a hospital, right?
2: I do. I am a nurse.
0: Excellent. So you have first-hand experience from the wonders of the uh, Swedish system.
2: Yep. Yeah. inside information.
0: Cool. So, we're going to have this, uh, you're going to give us the key to that incredible formula that the Swedes have to have uh, the best healthcare in the world. Maybe it's not the best, but...
2: Of course, it's the best. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, nah. As, as a professional professional in the in the healthcare system, I also see the downsides of our systems. I hope to be able to give you a more balanced. Okay, view.
0: Cool. Well, yeah. Actually, the the best healthcare in the world is is apparently the French one. So, will I will be able to tell you about that? Uh, next on the list is Randy Jordan. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? Oh. He's gone. Hello. Let's see. How about now? Yes, that works. You okay. Muted I muted myself. I,
3: I muted myself because I, I have this uh, congestion in my throat that I need to have looked at.
0: <coughs> um, <laughs> How no, appropriate! I, Thank you <laughs> for getting sick on our healthcare special.
3: So, for purposes of this discussion, I'm I am coming from the United States, where I have a lifetime of uh, experience in the healthcare system, having been uh, very close to it, uh, you know. Great friends that are doctors and nurses, as well as uh, I, I happen to come from a family that has made the most of the American healthcare system in my life. You wouldn't believe how much time I've spent in hospitals in different parts of the states. Cool. Happy to be here.
0: Good. And just so people know, you are also living in Canada at the moment, so you will have a little bit of info about that also, along with Samantha Jane. How are you doing? Hello. Ken?
4: I'm doing great, thank you.
0: So you are in the Canada at the moment.
4: I am in the Canada at the moment.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I say at the moment, but you've lived there for the majority of your life. Um,
4: yeah, I've lived here since.
0: Right, and so you you are very aware of uh, the the in in and outs of the healthcare system because you've been uh, in hospitals for the past few months, right?
4: Well, I've been in and out of doctor's offices like crazy because I am expecting as of January. So, I've been dealing with a lot of doctors and um, it's been a very interesting experience to see how our healthcare deals with uh, such things and previously I had been a a one-visit-a-year person.
0: Okay. Good. Well, uh, let's let's tell the fine folks that are listening a little bit more about how we're going to do this, and then uh, let's get into it. So, uh, the the format I was thinking about having was just have everyone briefly explain roughly how the system works in their in this in their own country. Uh, maybe have a few questions going around from the other panelists. And once all that is done for each panelist, we can go on to a uh, another part of the show, which would be a heated discussion about uh, what I suspect is going to be mainly centered on the U.S. because I would venture to say that most of us are rather happy with our healthcare system and we don't have a huge debate in our country. So it's really a, a show that's going to be skewed towards... Uh, the American issue well it's it's why I I wanted to do the show to begin with so it makes sense I guess so let's do it I I will go first and try to give you guys an overview of how the best healthcare system in the world works and that's (laughs) the French system and feel free everyone to jump in at any point if you have questions or remarks or anything you want uh, so I'm saying the best healthcare in the world because I think the World uh, Health Organization is has actually ranked different countries, and France actually came in first. So it's, I'm not, you know, making things up here. Uh, I don't usually have the, uh, you know, I'm not in the habit of saying the, that France is the best at this or that, unlike my my American friends. Um, right in this case. <laughs> In this case, it's actually true. So, okay. The way it works is that basically we have a mixed uh, system. You know that in, in uh, a lot of discussions we hear, should we have this option, the single uh, uh, um, payer option or the uh, insurance company's options. Here, the healthcare uh, bill is divided in two. And the state basically insures everyone in the country for a price of course you pay um you pay taxes for it but you have a basic healthcare package no matter who you are where you're from if you are a french citizen and i think if you live in france if you're you know a french resident also you're allowed to to get into it's it, as long as you pay these taxes uh you're allowed to be part of the uh, of that healthcare system and when i say it's basic it means it's not just uh that you you get the crappy service you get the um the basic service meaning you're not going to if you have a big problem you're not going to die in the street without you know getting to see a doctor and if people get uh, okay, so let me uh, finish that part of the explanation. So there's the basic service, which everyone gets, and which is in, from the state. And you have an additional part of the service, which is uh, mu- called uh, mutual. So it's a mutual. Uh, uh, it comes from the word mutual, where you can buy additional coverage. From usually, it comes with your uh, employer. So you will, uh, at, at the employer's, uh, um, the employment level, you will pay an extra amount out, out of your uh, paycheck to get more coverage. And what that means, I, going back to what I was saying at first, is, um, for example, if you only have the basic uh, government coverage, you might get a, a room in a hospital uh, with other people, you you will not um, have an individual room or it, they won't pay for your TV in the hospital or, you know, it's not like if you have the basic coverage, you're going to get the crappy meds. That's not what the basic coverage is. It's just that you have uh, what you really need and the rest is taken care of by the uh, extra um, uh, Plan you can get in. You can the private plan you can get into. Now it's not just that. It's usually uh, things like you get a hundred percent coverage for everything if you have the extra uh, uh, plan, and you only get let's say sixty percent coverage with the basic plan uh, for for meds and uh, specialist. uh, consultations and stuff like that. So, for example, you have uh, your, your basic doctor who has a set price that is approved by the government, so the government will reimburse you of that price. And if you go to see a specialist who has, or even a basic doctor, who makes you pay more, you, will get, you won't get that extra money from the basic plan so what that means is that there is a potential for getting better treatment for a more renowned doctor or whatever if you're more if you're richer but you are still going to get, no matter what, basic treatment and appropriate treatment if you are a French resident and a French citizen. So it's basically a blanket healthcare system that covers everyone for the essential stuff. It makes sure that if you're hit by a bus or hit by cancer or whatever happens, you're not going to be uh, completely... Bankrupt for the rest of your life um, if you if you you know if you can 't pay if you're if you 're poor so that 's the basis of the system um, i don 't know if you guys have questions about this or if i 'm being clear i 'm not even sure about it, but
4: it sounds pretty clear to me
0: okay so that 's basically how it, how it works let 's move on to um, Oh, just before I, 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 we move on to someone else. Um, the, 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 the thing is, this system is, when you hear taxes, you have the idea that it's very expensive. It's actually a lot less expensive than the one point of reference that I have, which is the U.S. As people might know, uh, the, the, US, the system in the U.S., the healthcare system, costs 16% of the GDP. In France, it's only 11%. Um, so, it's not as expensive. Even this whole blanket coverage is not as expensive as you might think. And I also want to debunk a rumor or an idea that is, you go to the hospital and wait in line for hours. I mean, you don't, you might wait in line if you have a, a mild injury and you go to the emergency room and it's a heavy, you know, uh, busy night. But most of the time you get the coverage that everyone else in a very timely fashion and it works very well. It's not um, crappy coverage for basic uh, basic service. So that's very important to know. So you get efficient coverage. The the, the one thing you, you don't get is like dental and eyes and stuff like that, which is not essential to, you know, life-threatening or stuff like that. You uh, get, one, point, yeah. one
3: point I, I want to make here is that uh, the United States is a little bit more than five times larger in population than France, and fifteen times larger in area. And area does come into the equation when you're trying to provide health care for people. You have to be, uh, you know, reasonably close to the people, and then that that can have a, a big impact on costs. That's true. Sure.
4: Area is a huge challenge.
0: Sure. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It is a factor, definitely. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't think it's a factor that justifies the difference that we can see in you know quality of service and price. But uh, I've got more. More factors yeah. coming. Okay, well, we'll get to it in a few minutes. Uh, Julio, what, what can you tell us about your country's...
1: My country is um right, okay, I have been uh, researching a little bit because I always had my own private experience, but uh, not the proper description of the whole country uh, I can start with argentina uh, in argentina we have the it's a bit strange we have it we have the healthcare divided in three fronts in three parts. At the base, you have the what we call the public system, which in principle is similar to this whole blanket that you, you have there in France, as you said, where you have the basic coverage. And In principle, it should work the same as in France, but because we are 30 million people like in Spain, but we are like 10 times bigger, which is where you have the area as well, uh, it doesn't really matter if you have the public system, because if you live 500 kilometers away from a hospital, and you have no way to get there. Yeah, you're pretty much dead. So, so we have this problem of the area. But we have this public system. Sadly, it does not work as nicely as in France. You do have hours of waiting time, and and you don't have the resources you have when when you go maybe to a private hospital instead of a public one. And I think the doctors that work in this, uh, that work for this public system, uh, they don't get uh, such a nice salary as the ones that work privately. That,
0: um, that, just, just to interrupt you for just a second, it, all the things you're saying are true in France also, you have public uh, you know, clinics and stuff like that, uh, I'm sorry, private clinics and stuff like that, and the people in the public sector might be paid less than in the, in the private sector.
1: Which that that brings me to a point that I will raise later about motivation to work on one or other area but I, I will just continue with the Argentina case uh, well we have the public part then we have something called horas sociales which I guess is something similar to your mutual mutual that you you said in French yeah uh, and these are kind of uh, healthcare coverage for a specific industry or a specific area of work for instance if you uh this all comes from the forties where you have all the different syndicates and they each own had their own healthcare coverage. You can group them all into this type and for instance if you work for transport you get one, if you work for um metal workers y you have another one and each one has its own and each one works uh either better or or not and you have so different you mean- coverage or not.
0: Do you mean it replaces the basic coverage or?
1: Uh, yes, the public system oh, okay. uh, works for people that don't have a job and uh, they, they don't have any. It, it is, let's say it's the lowest safety net that you have.
0: Okay, so just to make clear, system. I'm not sure I was, uh, I was exactly clear on, on what I said before. Um, the, the mutual system that we have comes on top of the basic system that everyone gets. So it's, it's, you pay a little bit extra to get more reimbursed or uh, services that you don't get with the basic one, but it's like adding cheese to your hamburger. You,
1: okay, let, everyone let me, gets the hamburger. Let me put it in a practical way for Argentina. Uh, if you go to a hospital, you get asked to what obra social you belong. If you have one, they will send the bill to the obra social. Or mutual. Uh, If you don't have one, it will go to the public system, and it will be paid by the government.
0: Okay, so that's That's a little bit different. Get it?
1: And finally, and this is quite new, maybe from the last 20-15 years, they did not exist before. We have the private sector, and you there, you can get even better packages, and you can. They are more expensive, uh, and people that have a better income usually have a private insurance so they can go to private hospitals and they get uh, attention immediately And uh, like you said the nice TV and the individual room and all that Uh, so that's interesting so you mean that it they are actually having a, a
0: few different public options and the private options are still striving and doing very well
1: Yes, that that's uh, like I said the public system if you don't belong to any of the obras sociales, the obras sociales, it's also compulsory, it comes from they charge uh, you and uh, they take part of your salary to fund that. So it's also uh, compulsory, but the private sector uh, they say is completely optional. The thing is, you only access an obra social if you have the type of job where you are uh, a worker, you know, like a metal worker, transport. Like like I said, if you work in the uh, agricultural sector, uh, those. If you have, let's say, a job where you actually had to finish university or higher, let's call it what white collar job, you don't get one of the obras sociales. So usually it's either you have the private sector or you have the public system. But, but the public system is so bad that you want to get one of the private uh, insurances. Okay. It's a bit, it's a bit uh, complicated, I find it a bit complicated, but this is due to an evolution of politics uh, in, in the country uh, and how it evolved since the 40s until now, so it has uh, a lot of uh, pros and also uh, lots of bad things that could be corrected.
0: So be- before we move on to, to the Netherlands, um, would you say that the population is getting i don't want to say proper health care but like the safety net that the the this system is supposed to provide like if you're if you're if you're hit with something unexpected like an illness or a serious ailment are you going to have to sell your house or do you get even if it's a crappy hospital do you get in the hospital with the proper treatment
1: Oh no! You you don't uh, usually you don't pay for public. Uh, you don't pay for care for healthcare. Let's say. So if you have the private, it depends on what. If you have something that is life-threatening and you don't have the money, you get treated anyway. Of course, if you have the if you have it and you have one of the private insurances, uh, depending on which one you get, you get more cover or not. But let let's put an example. You had an accident on the street uh you you need to get treated you need uh surgery and, and they just do it and if you don't have the money it's it's fine uh you will be covered by the government okay if but if you for instance want to uh go to the physiotherapist because you have a back pain and you have the private insurance. Maybe you have to cover for part of it, or if you want some dental work as well, it's not life-threatening. So the, the government only covers, let's say, the emergencies. It sounds pretty similar post-tastic. to what to
0: what we have here. Uh,
1: yeah, except it's it's pretty similar, except for the, the 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 middle tier that I told you, the obras sociales, which uh, comes to, together with syndicates in the country, which are very strong and and they are Unions, yes, sorry. I, I think unions is the proper word. Yeah. And, uh, okay. and that's how it works. If you want, I, I can move to the Netherlands. Uh, sure. I think it's much simpler. Okay. Uh, I, I had the experience... Yeah, I, I'm actually living in an expatriate bubble here, so I have my own insurance given by my, my company. But uh, what I can see from uh, from other people living here... They had one system until 2006, and now they changed it to a newer one. In the previous one, it was pretty similar to France. A, a private-public combination uh, with a safety net and everything. Now it's like this. Everything is private, completely. And oh, so
0: they got rid of the public option.
1: Yes, but but here, this is the nice part. Uh, if you are uh, under 18... You're absolutely covered. You don't pay anything. If you are over you 18... Mean, uh,
0: wait, who who pays for that?
1: The government. But the government pays the private sector.
0: Oh, so the, it's the private sector is subsidized by the government for people under 18?
1: Yes. That's 100%. You're covered. Your parents don't need to take care of it. But it's, the
0: government gets that money from taxes specifically dedicated to that. Okay, so it's basically a public option sub- subsidy for pe- uh, children.
1: It's a public option, but it goes all uh, to the private sector. Okay. They want to have the combination that you have a public uh, social health care but also with the advantages of having private, uh, let's say, competition between different services. So you get like things
0: like vouchers for your healthcare or something like that. The government. Uh, I'm pays not. I'm not sure it. about that. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. But that—that's also uh, you. Then it's compulsory to select one of these private insurance companies every month. You have to pay for it, something close to 100 euros. Uh, that's uh, what you pay to, to be a part of it and you can select any any of these private companies that you want but it's, it's uh, compulsory to select one. If you uh, fall uh, in the lowest income bracket, uh, you also get funded by the government. So instead of the 100 euros, you pay less, the government pays the part that is missing and the company gets the same. That is so- how it seems to be working now. Mm. It's it's interesting, so
0: it's basically a mandatory uh, healthcare system with the private sector, so it's like you have to wear your seatbelt and you can choose which seatbelt you get, but you have no public option anymore. It's, do, do you know why they got rid of the public option?
1: Uh, I'm not sure, I think they wanted to make it more efficient. I, okay. I cannot really tell. This all happened in 2006, and because I did not speak the language, I, I it, everything was happening around me, and I, I have no idea. Sorry. But I found uh, <laughs> one interesting, uh, specific thing about this this system. Um, coming to religion, it seems that some religions, uh, as part of their principles, they cannot have uh, health coverage. It seems it says here that Orthodox Calvinists and Evangelical Christian groups. Hmm. So they have to include in this compulsory system uh, the option to opt out uh, with if you have these this, this religion, this religions. But here how it works. Uh, you still get charged every month. It goes to a private healthcare saving for you. And uh, if sometime later you change your mind, this goes into this public system and this money goes into the public system, Otherwise, uh, if you get sick or ill and, and you need it, uh, you can use this money. But once it runs out, it's on your own. And if you die and this money has not been used, it's inheritance for your kids hmm. or your family. I find it interesting that they, they make such an exception just because of religious reasons. Oh, so.
0: oh what? No. You, you just say just because of religious uh, reasons? Uh, <laughs> my question. Am, am I muted?
3: No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, my question is, is when the person, let, let's say the the evangelical Christian in the Netherlands uh, is, is opting out of the public system, or opting out of the system altogether is what it really sounds like, uh, does that person have to go do something, or is it kind of automatic? Are they on some role where their employer just knows to opt them out, or, or do, uh, do they have to go... It's a box to check, isn't it?
1: Uh, I, I would I would assume is they have to do some kind of paperwork with the government and they will have to uh, justify it. But like I said, this is not that if you opt out, you get this cash back every month, this hundred euros difference. You still have to pay for it, uh, and this is a way so that uh, you know. Otherwise, everyone that is short sighted will go and just declare that they have this religion and. And get there, there a bit more of cash every month. Uh, so that's that's why they they have it in this way. You pay anyway; it goes to an insurance. I mean, it goes to a public savings account that you don't have access unless you're sick. Okay, it's a bit, it's a bit. Uh, it feels a little bit like mom and dad type of government in this case because if you want to opt out for it, why do they have to force you to save anyway?
0: Well, because you, you, as you said, some people are short-sighted and they will say, hey, I'm going to get 100 euros back every month, uh, 100 euros more. And then they get sick and they get cancer and they are, you know, well, we'll talk about this a little bit later. You're you're not going to let them die
1: let me call uh, our friend Darwin and, and call for, for uh, <laughs> you know, if they are stupid enough and if they are short-sighted and they want to get 100 euros per month more and they get hit by a car and they cannot pay for it. So you would nat- let Natural them die. selection, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll get to talk a little bit more about this. But ironically, these people are probably the ones who don't believe in uh, natural selection. So...
3: All right. I'd just like to point out natural selection only works if you're killing people before they start uh,
0: reproducing. That's very true.
1: That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And in this case, the children are out of the system because they get uh, coverage anyway with the government thing. All right. That's horrible. Uh, let's move on to something <laughs> wonderful. Um with maria from sweden because (laughs) everything is is amazing (laughs) in sweden you have like it's the best quality of life you have uh, birds and and that sing to wake you up in the morning i think that's government mandated and stuff like that right
2: oh yeah that's how it (laughs) works Uh, well we have national health care in sweden and we found it with tax money um, and it's about 9.1 percent of our gmp goes to health care costs and we can't really afford it anymore
3: hmm.
2: we have a, a a big economic up um, in in the seventies and the 80s everything was going so well for sweden and we uh, built out our healthcare system and uh, now when the f- People who were born in the '40s, because we had a huge baby boom then, uh, they're getting old and they're getting sick, and uh, the whole Dead system panels. is getting <laughs> a little bit too expensive. So we are kind of looking at, hmm, how can we make this more efficient? Are we should we go uh, the way that the Netherlands has gone with with private alternatives? Um, but everyone is very I want to hold on to this right that everyone in Sweden gets same health care and it's a human right. And if you live on the street, you get the same health care as, as if you were, you know, a celebrity.
0: So, do you mean to say that you just have the one government system with no uh, private part of it? You know, not. We do,
2: we do have some private alternatives popping up. The thing with those are that they usually just pick pick the cherry out of the cake can you say that they um, they take the nice parts that are easy to make money from you know if you do some uh, daytime plant surgery on a sports injury knee or something like that uh, that is a profitable um uh,
0: so they Part will only the
2: healthcare system,
0: but they will only cover the things that they are sure they can make money off of. Oh and yeah! Ensure the people that you know. Okay, get
2: it. So taking care of our multi-sick old people, for example, that is never profitable and. Uh, that falls under the public, public health care mostly. So,
0: so for for these private options, uh, do you mean to say that they they can choose who they are going to insure and they can refuse coverage to people they don't like?
2: Oh, no, you pay for it. I mean, if you can pay for it, you can have it. But if you go to oh, the public okay. health care, you are covered by the state. Or actually, we do pay. Everyone pay. It's about $9 a, a day to stay at a hospital in Sweden. Um, and uh, that oh, is no matter what treatment you get. If you have open heart surgery or uh, very expensive CT scans, it's still $8 a night.
0: So you will pay even when you have the public option. You're going to pay a little bit for the hospital. Actually, yeah. in France, that's that's yeah, the case do. too. We do. That, that's uh-huh. the case too. It's reasonable, reasonable prices, which are of course heavily subsidized because it's it costs a lot more than that uh, to stay in a hospital. As oh you know,
2: yeah, everyone absolutely. Knows. I mean, if you just go in and and do a, a, a CT scan of the head, that's uh, like fifty thousand kroner, I think, and <laughs> and you pay. Um, 80 kroner a night. Okay.
0: So yeah. So what's your your take? But having seen this system from the you know from the inside, uh, what's your take on it?
2: Well, it's highly inefficient. That's the problem. We have built a monster, and um, we're pouring in so much money into it.
0: So how and- wait? How do you judge its efficiency? Do you mean to say it's? Uh, financially unsustainable Or it doesn't work It
2: is, it is. But it's working And it's working uh, Because of the staff Working overtime And doing uh, They're burning out their staff It's mm. uh, definitely We don't have enough doctors Or nurses uh, So it's more patient On each doctor And that leads to long waiting times We do have that uh, if you come to the emergency room and, you know, you're not critically ill, you will wait for maybe six, seven hours before you uh, get admitted to the ward.
0: Right, same here. But let me let me ask a question to the other panelists here. In It seems to me that that's, maybe I, it's because I see it in France, but it seems to me that that's the case in every country, no matter what the system. You know, nurses are... Overworked, underpaid. Uh, public hospitals are horribly, uh, you know, uh, over capacity most of the time. And in, a, in, in an emergency room, you're going to have to wait if you're not, you know, your arms aren't falling off. Then they're going to put you to the side, and you're going to have to wait a couple of hours or maybe more. So I'm not sure it's it's but th- specifically a the public of- option. That does that. There's a
4: certain amount of necessity in that too. Like if you're running a hospital, you don't want an empty hospital, right?
0: Sure, yeah.
4: Because then people are just standing around and being paid for doing nothing. It's
0: like- Yeah, anything. but there's there's a balance. I, my exactly. My point would be, it seems that the balance is always skewed, no matter what the system is. You know, we see all those American TV shows. We know that even in the, the, the American system, you have overworked nurses who are grumpy at the doctors who think they are more important. And it's, it's the same everywhere, it seems. Julio, is it the same in, 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 uh, in Argentina and the uh, Netherlands?
1: Um, overworked uh,
0: nurses and... and
1: thanks... Uh, i'm I'm very thankful that i i had not i didn't have to go to any emergency room here yet okay. so i'm not sure uh not good and then back in argentina uh yeah it sounds very similar i, I think it's part of uh, for some reason uh, well public hospitals of course are, are funded by the government and it's it would seem that always the budget for hospitals is, is lower than what is needed uh um, and it seems that uh, they are always uh, against hiring uh, enough nurses. Um, well, they are, it seems like it's so part of the culture to work overtime. I have seen it in other industries. Okay. That even if you hire more people, it seems they would stay overtime.
0: Hmm. Sam so, and, and Randy, overtime for the nurses? In,
4: in um, overtime for the nurses right now are ambulance uh, guys are on strike, which means that they're working. Um, but they're working to rule. Okay. Uh, the doctors always want more money. I mean, everybody always wants more money, right?
0: Sure. I guess. Okay. Sorry. Randy, go ahead. It's it's.
3: Uh, I think it's the th- things are tough all over in terms of the expansion of healthcare, meaning that that more and more patients are constantly outstripping the facility's ability to, uh, you know, to grow efficiently. They. Rather than like like Samantha said, have people standing around not working. What they do is they wait until they just absolutely have to increase the size of staff uh, because that's that's the the more financially efficient way to the provider to to deal with with problems. But uh, of course, to the entire population, what what we're doing is we're we're spending money in hidden ways a lot faster than than we would be if we were just prepared for the. You know, for the healthcare that we've got to provide in the first place. So I think that's the I think that's common across the entire sort of uh, you know, first world. If we can can we use that term? I think that's sure. a good term. Yes. I, I think across the entire first world that's that is a, a major problem. But yeah. uh, definitely the same case in the States where you hear constantly about about the providing systems being stretched to the
0: limit. Okay so I guess my point is that indeed it's not a problem of of um you know this or that system doesn't work and gets overworked nurses it's that it's the same case everywhere um and it it's it doesn't mean that in France you get or you know this system which is cool but oh wait look you have overworked overworked uh, nurses so it it's not really as nice as it would be it's that it's the same issue everywhere so Let's at least get. I, I'm making the case for you know public option and and uh, universal healthcare here, but let's at least get people healthcare. Since no matter what we do, the nurses are going to be overworked. So um, it's not a perfect system, but it's better than nothing. Is my point. Um, sorry, so Marie, I I went on a huge tangent here. So but please continue.
2: <laughs> no worries, uh, and and we also have to to look at the fact that we are keeping people alive a lot longer these days the the medical development makes it possible for us to actually treat our, the elderly uh, get treated for ailments so they live longer and can get more and more diseases with them and more and more drugs and medications so we have this big uh, um population that is not working not um uh, giving money um helping us helping our gmp they're just cost uh, costing us money yeah and well, uh, so so that the, the health care will never be profitable and therefore it's really important that we with tax money pay for it yeah. so we take care of this that we have created
0: Well, there's definitely, you know, I was saying death panels just before, and obviously I'm being facetious here, but it it does seem like a a real issue that if you don't dive into partisan um, idiocy, could be important to tackle, which is when you get older and older and older, what if, you know, we can keep you alive for another month, but it costs a million dollars or a million euros? Should we do it? Should we not do it? It's a really poignant moral issue that shouldn't be discarded, but you know it's it's definitely something that we could that could be brought as a, an actual uh, debate item. But I don't know if we're going to have time to resolve that one. But I just wanted <laughs> to acknowledge that you know it, it does exist. Um, all right, before we we go to the U.S., I want to ha- uh, get a chance to talk about Canada, which is very often referred to in the uh, healthcare debates. Uh, it is in the in the U.S. I, I usually hear so they have it that in France, that in the U.K., and that in Canada. The they're, they're the three examples that everyone takes, um, right? So how does it work for you, Sam?
4: Um, well, there's there's um, it's it's kind of a complicated mm-hmm. system because we're the second largest country in the world, and yet we are 36 in population. So we have not very many people spread out over a very large area. The solution that uh, we came up with was we have the Canada Health Act, which basically regulates what type of service Canadians can expect. It's not mandatory. The provinces and territories have to opt in. But if they opt in, they get a bunch of money from the Canadian government. So they all do. Um, That basic set of rules as to what... Canadians get is basically um, basic medical. In British Columbia, it's handled by the medical services plan. And if you're a single person, that's $54 per month, um, which is prorated if your salary goes under a certain level. And that's all, like, if you make less than $20,000 a year, it's 100% subsidized. Um, in addition to that, uh, basic medical, and that doesn't include any dental or anything like that. You have advanced medical systems through your work, usually. And they I'm, pick up I'm things sorry, like...
0: Sam. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you for just a second to ask Maria if dental and, you know, optical is included in your uh, plans. It's not. Okay. So it's the same everywhere again. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Sam.
4: That's okay. Um, with advanced medical, you get things like that are more preventative medical issues like massages and glasses and, um, all sorts of other things, but that totally depends on your plan and depends on how it's been set up. It's often used as a perk in order to get people to work at specific places.
0: So it's basically the, the cheeseburger system, like in France, you yeah. get the burger for everyone and then you can add cheese and onions and animal fries if you work at the right place.
4: Exactly. Um, the interesting thing is that each province or territory is treated slightly differently. So it depends on how the medical system is set up in your province. So I receive different care and at a different cost than somebody in Quebec would, um, which makes some sort yeah. of serve them serves them
0: right those dirty French <laughs> Canadians.
4: No, we love our French Canadians. They yeah. give us lovely things like poutine.
0: You're, you're, um, you're saying that because you're on the internet, aren't you?
4: No, I I, <laughs> I absolutely adore our Quebecois, and I think that they're a lovely addition to our country. Okay. Um, but there are different levels of service depending on where you are and that's just an issue with Canada being so large. So if you're in a metropolitan area like downtown Vancouver, you get very good service very quickly and it's not an issue. If you are in Nunavut, you're going to have a little bit more of an issue getting to a hospital and all of that kind of thing. Um, We will get you there. We will make sure it's paid for, all of that kind of stuff. And under your basic care, you get, just as you explained in the French system, you get a room that you may share with other people. Um, you get, you know, all the medicine you need. Um, although our way of dealing with prescription medication is that it is subsidized by the government, it's not free. Um, If you have an advanced medical system, then you usually get some of that money back. And again, if you have advanced medical, then you can also get things like private rooms paid for by the medical.
0: Hmm. Okay, so it's again, it's pretty similar to the system we have in France, it seems.
4: Yeah, the major difference is the Canada Health Act regulates um, the maximum that doctors can charge. So okay. you won't have a doctor who's like, Well, I'm super fabulous, so I'm gonna charge three hundred dollars per visit. Hmm. They all get paid the same amount for a standard visit. Oh,
0: if they're they, doing something. do you mean to say they, they, they regulate the standard price that the reimbursement is based on? Or right. and then and then doctors can can charge more up to a certain point?
4: No, what they can charge for in in more is something that is not covered by the Canada Health Act. So that would be preventative medicine. So if they are doing a standard um, thing that you need, like if you have a disease and you need to be seen, then they have to see you and they have to charge a certain amount. And that is covered usually through your provincial system. Um, if you're doing something preventative, then there are different things that come into play. Like if, um, women have a pap test once a year, right? That's covered by the cancer society. The cancer society has set up a charity in order to pay for that because it's considered preventative.
0: Uh, Can you explain what the pap test is for people who don't know?
4: Um, it's, it's a test for cervical and ovarian cancer. And it's just a, they go and do an internal exam and take a culture and make sure that the woman isn't suffering from any signs of cancer in okay. her
0: reproductive organs. Thank you. Yeah, because by, for people who don't know, I meant me. So, thanks. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's fun to ask. I think it's a girl thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's totally a girl thing. But it is, it is done once a year, and they will bug you if you don't do it, because they do want you to go through this preventative thing.
0: And Which makes sense, because if you don't catch it early, it might cost more anyway.
4: Well, it will because, you know, then you would need something like a hysterectomy to remove the cancer.
0: Sure. Um, be- <laughs> okay. Before we go on, I just want to ask something very specific to all of you. Um, in France, when you get medicine from, you know, uh, uh, medicine from your doctor, you go to a pharmacy and buy the medicine. And it seems to me that in all of these systems, you have little different things that you could improve or that you know that, that could be done better and One of the things that leaps to mind in, in France is that you buy for example, you need sixteen pill, i don 't know twenty four pills uh, you go to the, to the pharmacy and you only have boxes of twenty, so you will get two boxes and tw- of twenty and get sixteen extra pills um, mm. you, and when I was in Japan. Uh, well, there were two things that were very different in japan like another an extra country to throw in there um, you would get uh first of all the doctors would um only would almost not treat the symptoms they would treat the, the they would make all the exams you 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 had that 's very anecdotal for my issue with with which was uh, constant headaches. I had a constant headache for months one big Huge headache, and they didn't treat the headache until they knew that it wasn't this, that, that, and that. And they gave me the proper medicine to the pill. I had to go and buy the exact number of pills that I I, um, I needed, and I, I was a little bit, you know, <laughs> annoyed that they wouldn't even treat the symptoms at all. So I had to keep my headache for an extra month of tests. But anyway, my point is, in France, they would just give you a bunch of pills from the get-go, maybe more than you even need, and all that is reimbursed. So there is definitely an issue, and it's, of course, you know, um, issues with the uh, pharmaceutical industry which will encourage people to to get medicines all the time because they will profit out, off of it. So my question is, do you get uh, uh, the exact number of pills you need or do you get more and everyone's happy in pill land? Uh, Julio, why don't uh, d- you... Oh, sorry,
2: Do
0: you my, pay for
2: your
0: medicine? Nope. No. Okay. More. I I mean the 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 essential stuff you don't pay. You might need to pay a few euros extra or whatever, but essentially you don't really pay for it. Okay. The government pays for it. Um, yeah. Well, so-
1: uh, regarding your your question of uh, how many uh, at least in both countries that I have lived in, uh, they just complete uh, one package more of what you need. You know, uh, like you said, twenty four get thirty. Okay, that's it. And as for payment, uh, uh, part of it is covered by your insurance, but you usually always pay for the other part of the of the pills. Um right. Because I don't know, maybe you're buying uh, amoxicillin as an anti antibiotic and. Maybe it's your insurance might cover sixty or ninety percent or whatever, but you always pay part of it. Um, yeah. I guess it's so that people don't uh, overuse it.
0: Yeah, same in France actually. Your mutual will, yeah, your mutual will pay for probably the the rest of it, but you do pay for a little bit of it. Uh, what I say, the essential means that again, it, it's this safety net uh, philosophy that you don't need to. Uh, Go bankrupt if you, if you need some uh, kind of, you know, treatment. Um, yeah, Maria. So, do, do you get the the exact number of pills?
2: Uh, no, we buy, buy them by oh. the package, uh, and we also pay for them actually. And uh, and drugs are, are fairly expensive. But, really, um, that's not uh, included uh, in the plan. Uh, we have we um have um high cost protection scheme going so if you pay 1500 kroner for medicine during a year that's the top limit so everything past that is for free
0: okay i get it oh well yeah that's that's an interesting system um Okay, and Sam, going back to you.
4: Um, you get prescribed a certain number of pills. Uh, the dispensary will dispense that number or less. So if you get um, monthly medication that you take, um, you can get like three months, even though your prescription says 12. Uh, but you get charged a dispensing fee every time you go to the pharmacy. Cool. So this the standard is more that you pay for the entire thing and get the entire thing. Um, when you want, but you only get up to the amount that is prescribed. So unless it's something that's over the counter, like Tylenol or something like that, you would you would only get the exact number of pills. And that cost is mitigated by um, the Canadian government who subsidizes pharmacy, as well as um, if you have advanced medical, depending on what the medication is, they will cover a percentage of it or perhaps 100%.
0: All right, Mr. Jordan, you've been very quiet and very, uh, very good. And now I'm just,
3: I've just been coasting time. on on my really good health. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So, what about the U.S., sir? How exactly does that system work? Oh, before we go there, another question to everyone in the panel. I'm sorry, but it's important before we talk about the U.S. Do you have people in, the, uh, in your different countries, and that's a simple yes or no answer, do you have people in your countries that are uninsured, period, with, you know, that can be uninsured? For me, obviously, it's no. In France, everyone is insured, at least with the basic uh, coverage. Julio.
1: No, in either country. Well, okay. except for the religious freaks.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> okay, Maria.
2: Well, it depends what you mean by insurance I mean we get it paid uh, with our tax money
0: yeah that's what that's what i mean of course yeah, It's yeah. yeah you you have you to get insurance yeah
2: no uh
0: well, it's not exactly exactly right though I mean in France, even if you don't if you're unemployed, you will still get insurance from the government, so even if you can't pay, you will get it
2: well here it works like if if you're admitted to the hospital and you don't have those $8 a night it costs, uh, the social services will take care of it for
0: you. Sure. But even those $8 that it costs is a subsidized price. So everyone is going to be allowed to pay only oh, yeah. $8.
4: Ob- uh, obviously, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, Sam?
4: Um, everybody is covered. Uh, not everybody pays insurance. There is. Um, it's all based on how much money you earn.
0: Yeah, so exactly. yeah, so. yeah, so I guess yeah. My my answer is everyone is covered b- yes. with different kinds of uh, yeah different systems, but everyone gets coverage no matter what. Right. Which leads right. us to the U.S. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi, I'm the U.S. Welcome to this discussion. There is one person that doesn't fit the uh, the group. Can you find okay. out who that is?
3: Yeah, <laughs> uh, well uh, we may as well go right to the problems because you can you can make four categories of problems in the, in the American healthcare system.
0: Wow, did you uh, work on, on your assignment? Like to no, did you did I you make I think a document doc- I think
3: it doesn't it doesn't take a lot of work. Uh, anyone okay. who's lived in the United States for a, a even a brief amount of time can see what, you know, what they're mired in in healthcare. I, I think uh, you should be able to see. You know, you you know it's expensive, right? Every everyone knows it's expensive. Uh, it's no surprise to Americans to learn that they pay considerably more per capita than any other nation in the world. You know, and and then secondly, everyone has this sense that it's growing more expensive. Right. Everyone has this this feeling like things are just out of control, that growth rates are are exceeding the growth of of GDP or to take it to a personal level that the, the growth of the cost of health insurance is exceeding your household income growth so much. Everyone feels that way. And, and so it's, it's not a surprise. You know, the, the third thing that comes to mind is everyone has a sense that we aren't getting what we're paying for. And, and I, I really, you very rarely, even the people who are the most opposed to fixing problems will tell you, I, yeah, it's when, when I have coverage, when I have the ability to pay for my, my health care on whatever level, I don't feel like I'm getting what I pay for. I feel like the, you know, the, the costs that I see on paper are so astronomically higher than what I expect that there must be something wrong. And then when you, you know, when you actually see some reports where the United States is at the bottom compared to other developed nations, you know, it's like, here's the U.S. right above Moldova or something. You, you, feel, you know, there, there's this, this sense like, I'm not getting what I, I'm paying for and it's not that good. That's a huge problem. But at least most people see it that way. And then the, the fourth thing that I think almost anyone can agree on is the equity problem there's an obvious sense that the american healthcare system is two-tiered that the the wealthy and and middle class the the elderly who have no insurance those people all do very well uh you, you know and i and and by middle class i mean uh, upper middle class in in american parlance because we love our divisions whereas we know, we all know that the poor and the uninsured are not doing well you so know, and
0: you- that go ahead can you go back to exactly the way it works? Like who, who you know, really the basics? Because I'm not. I I have a, a vague idea of how it works, but I'm not sure. Do you you have no obligation whatsoever to get any kind of uh, of insurance? And what happens when you do? Um, what does it cover? You know all that stuff.
3: Okay. Well, uh, then we kind of we kind of have to go back to the history of of the thing, that and that is that. Coming out of World War II, America, the American insurance system found itself, uh, found itself growing as a result of the tax deduction. It's like you can put the, the words "the tax deduction in bright shining lights. And, and that concept of the tax deduction to, to incentivize people to pay for health care is what drove insurance for decades. Uh, that what what happened was private health insurance became the dominant healthcare model because people saw it as a way to save money. Uh, so you, know, you mean
0: so- I- I'm not sure what you mean there. Um, do you get t- tax deductions when you when you pay for healthcare?
3: Uh, correct. So
0: originally, you know,
3: we're talking decades ago. Healthcare was this nice, cheap benefit in the United States. Uh, as an employer, I could I could come along and say I'm going to pay an insurance company to give you my employee a thousand dollars in benefits. But as an employer, I'm gonna save three hundred dollars in taxes. So it's cheaper for both of us to pay you in healthcare than in cash. You see? Okay. Makes sense. And then and then and and that just that just sets the whole ball in motion. And for a while it's perfectly fine. But as we've all discussed, there's a rising cost problem and the, that annual cost increase for keeping the benefit the same eventually gets close to eating up the entire amount that I, the employer, would have to save. So, I, in order to keep within my budget, I have to either cut the benefit, cut your salary, or you know cut you altogether. And that becomes this... Well, I'm
0: sorry, I'm not clear on that mechanic. Can you explain okay, again?
3: Okay, so costs are rising, right? Okay. And and the tax incentives to us are not right. There, there's no one, no one in their right mind is going to say we're just going to keep making. you're going to keep giving you back money.
0: So you mean I need term. to pay the tax, uh, the uh, uh, insurance company now two thousand bucks, but I only still get three hundred worth of well, tax deduction. Well,
3: well, maybe I get maybe I get uh, five hundred, but it's not. Uh, you know, the, you can't have okay. you can't have these unlimited tax deductions right so that so that uh, because if you did then the health insurance companies would just keep raising their rates until uh, the whole thing broke which is actually what they're doing anyway but what the reason that those costs are rising really has very little to do with the tax deduction employer driven system the what you know what ha- the reason that's important is because employers want out. Employers have decided that they really don't want to have anything to do with this this horrible death spiral. The death spiral itself is the result of the fact that we don't have everyone covered. So we have a significant number of people in the states who get health care and don't pay for it because you have to you have to help someone who's. in in pain and and injured and so forth when they show up at the hospital
0: and then we and then we have how how does that system work is that medicare or medicaid or whatever uh those
3: those are government-run insurance systems that are for people who of course qualify for them so medicare for example is for the elderly you have a you have a guaranteed qualification at a certain age and the government is just taxing everyone who's working to pay for the medicare system so we we kind of we kind of cut the elderly people over 65 just completely out those those people are are already have a public option and it's it's not really an option
0: so basically yeah so it's a it's a public options it's a it's a social security system for the ones that cost the most to the state it's the exactly. problem that maria was talking about medicare so you basically have government-run health care except you only take the people that cost you the most in this exactly
3: system. exactly okay. and and also the, the people who are not are no longer working uh, right. therefore therefore you have to shift that cost to those who are and that's a part of every paycheck in the united states if you're working in the united states you see a medicare payment that you the worker make into that system. Okay. So so the but the but there's still we're you know we can we can talk all we want about the wealthy and middle class and those who are covered by Medicare and even to some extent those who are are covered by the veterans health system in the United States which is a different entity all to itself. If you are if you served in a military service in the United States uh, and and re- reached a, a point in that service where you qualify for it, you have veterans health care coverage for life and that is the the only system in the world that I can think of that's just like the british system the the veterans health care system in the United States is run by the government, administered by the government paid for by the government just like the NHS in England, but it's 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 not so big that it really makes a, a big difference. It, it, you know, there there are only so many people who can, who can uh, take part in that.
0: But be, so you were talking about the people who are you know if you show up at, at the hospital, you get covered uh, just
3: before you, this, right? You have to you have to be taken care of. So so you have you have a, a large number of people in the United States. The estimates for. Uninsurance those uninsured people are around fifteen to twenty percent, and of course, I can just hear screaming from people who don 't want change saying that 's too high well it 's uh, th- i 'm including people who are who can get coverage from a system like our Medicaid system, which so is, what is a, that, one? that is a very, very poor insurance that you can you can apply for and get in extreme dire situations. Uh, and I mean dire personal situations, but it's it's not very good. It's it's a it's a really bad public option with a lot of limitations. It's very difficult to qualify for it. I guess if you know if you're if things are so bad for you that you qualify for and can utilize Medicaid, you know, then so be it. But. Medicaid is is a very limited system, and what you have in, in that make up the rest of the fifteen to twenty percent that I'm talking about are people who have do not have health insurance. They are you know fairly young, right? They're they're not elderly and, and covered by Medicare, and they are not doing the regular preventative maintenance that. We like everyone in the population to do you know go, they don 't go to their doctor regularly they don 't go to their dentist regularly, all of these sorts of things, so as a result there that big you know quarter or or fifth or sixth of the United States that show up at at an emergency room with a really bad problem like an infection probably could have been prevented from that situation if they had just been getting regular maintenance health care but they so they don't so they show up and they're in, they're in really bad shape. And, of course, whatever uh, facility they, they go to provides them with a modicum of health care. Realizing that they they have no insurance, that of course, they try to get them out of there as fast as possible. It's not, again, it's not good,
0: great health care. But it's a massive drain on our system. So, two, two questions. First of all, these people, could they have gone to an insurance company as, you know, privately themselves as citizens and said, listen, I want to buy healthcare from you. Is there any way we can work something out? Absolutely. It's
3: something that I have personally done in the last year as when I became unemployed and therefore no longer had an employer subsidizing my healthcare costs, my healthcare costs shot up for me, you know, relatively speaking. Okay. And, and that meant that after a certain amount of time in which I had a a special benefit for the newly unemployed. That special benefit eventually goes away, and you're you're out on the open market as a consumer of healthcare. And I, you know, I regularly look at what it would cost me to be insured, so that when I'm in the states, I, if something happens, I, I, I at least have. A, a cap on what it's gonna cost me. The people who don't have insurance in the United States and have to consume healthcare have no cap. They they are faced with bills that just they're so astronomical that it's laughable. It's it's humorous. What, you, you know, I'm sorry, you mean people who do have healthcare? No people who don't have insurance oh, okay. uh, but I'm who sorry, go who go receive services in the in the healthcare business. Those people are faced with ridiculous uh, charges, and so they, there's no expectation that
0: they're going to pay. So that's what the... About, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Marie.
2: Uh, well, I, I beg your pardon, Randy, because my knowledge of the American systems comes mostly from watching Sicko by Michael Moore, and I realize that it's not a very objective view. Um, so, But this whole debate about pre-existing conditions when you try to make an, an insurance uh, what's up with that because oh, it's yeah. like it's really hard to get insurance
3: right I, I was trying to keep I was trying to keep to the simple concept of there are there are some who are not insured and they are a major drain uh, on the system I don't I mean they are the system is draining itself trying to to service them and then there so are just, those who so, so
0: just to finish up on that, uh, these people, they, will, they are uninsured, they will go to the hospital, the hospital would get, will get them out as soon as possible, and then they get a bill, and that's the horror stories that we hear about bankrupt people for, you know that try to get a little bit of health care. Exactly. Yes. Okay.
3: Uh, and 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 so there's a major question in inside that which is well how in the world if you have an infection and you're in the hospital for 5 days and they they treat the infection the way any system would with you know with antibiotics and care and and food and so forth and and then you're out of the hospital and we all expect that you're going to be okay but how in the world can you then get a bill for say $15,000 to you know, to cover all of that, well, how could they justify that amount? Well, that amount is is indicative of that spiraling, that death spiral of costs in the system. And and see what happens is that that uh, provider knows that they're not going to ever get any money, so they have to find a way to make uh you know for the people who actually do pay, which is to say, where they're charging health insurance companies, they have to find a way to get enough. Uh, revenue in order to keep the hospital open. So that uh, that fifteen thousand dollar charge is just indicative of what they would have sent in a in a bill to an insurance company if there was one involved. Of course, the insurance companies turn around and say we won't pay fifteen thousand dollars. That's you know what you did there was only worth one thousand dollars, and then the hospitals they they meet somewhere in the middle, and the so hospital mean, gets
0: paid. So so, so what that- what I'm. You mean that the 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 amount that people get charged, and we'll go back to what Maria was saying. I'm sorry, I, I deviated you again, but I really wanted to get that answered. Um, the the pe- the amount that people get charged is not the actual amount that the hospital spent, but more to alleviate the 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 problem that the insurance companies. Uh, Right,
3: so so we're actually we're actually driving to Maria's question, which is the, the insurance companies, because they are the payer, they're the ones paying the hospital for the service, are trying to pay as little as possible to the hospitals in order to keep their costs down, right? They're, they're private companies, they're for-profit companies. And the hospitals are trying to get as much as possible in the cases where they have a payer, in order to cover both the costs you know, for treating whoever that payer is paying for and the cost for treating the people who aren't paying. And as, so a, they, as a result, the insurance companies have to invent every way they can to, to keep their costs down, they, to keep what they're paying into those hospitals. They have to keep those costs as low as possible. So the insurance companies are literally – I mean there's no, there's no other way to describe it. They are literally sacrificing lives. They they are doing everything they possibly can to pay as little as possible to those hospitals.
0: Well, it's not just there are two things here. Just one confir- confirmation uh, that you they are charging you fifteen thousand dollars in that example because they can't justify charging the insurance company the same amount if they don't do it for you. So exactly, it's okay, that's
3: exactly right. It,
0: that's why it's a spiral, and it's. it's yeah, and, so and and then – oh, sorry, go ahead. Sam. Sorry,
4: you've got the hospitals working against the insurance companies, the insurance companies working against the people who they're insuring, and the only person who's getting screwed, forgive the term, is the patient?
3: Actually, actually, in a, in this sort of circular problem, everyone's getting screwed.
0: Everyone. Well, then, uh, to go back to, to finally to Maria's point about pre-existing conditions – what you're saying is they have to do it to try and drive the costs down but it seems to me that they're doing pretty well and that's not uh, my uh, view of it is they will invent whatever pre-existing condition they can not to drive the costs down but to drive the profits up right well, that that's why i said
3: to, to drive what they're paying down, mm. right? The, the you know the the cost of operation to insurance companies is a whole other uh, subject. But what they are paying to healthcare providers mm. is is the big problem for insurance companies. They they are you know they know very well that the hospitals are overcharging because of the underlying problem, and so. They are constantly trying to. Uh, they're constantly trying to come up with any way they can to justify paying those providers as little as possible. And if everybody was totally honest, it would be a fine system. You know, if the insurance companies actually used their assessments of what these things are worth, and they actually competed with one another, they really don't. There's not a sincere level of competition in the United States for providing insurance to people. If that if those if that was all true, we wouldn't be having this discussion, hmm. because because that sort of uh, that sort of free market insurance could work. But the fact is that, like I say, because the United States is so large in area and so large in population, we're talking about the third largest population in the world. You don't have the ability for these private companies, these insurance companies, to actually compete to see one another on the competitive landscape. And instead, you have situations like where in Arkansas, ninety-five percent of people all belong to one insurer. There's no so they competition. Can do whatever they want. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And I just want to say at this point that in France, insurance companies are not doing this out of the goodness of their hearts. They are profitable and they are very profitable. You know, the insurance, com- insurance business is not something that you do for the good of humanity. I just want to make that clear. It's not a, a socialist, communist, whatever, you know, you can think about. They are profitable. So, Okay. Well and, and yeah, let's yeah. And, and let's be let's be fair to the insurance companies. They have a
3: host of problems to deal with. They have the adverse selection problem, which is where people try to not buy insurance when they're healthy, but rather only when they're sick. That's a that's a very difficult issue for them. They have the overconsumption problem, right? Which is to say I'm in a group of people who are all paying into the same insurance pool. Privately, the costs of me getting sick are shared by everyone in my group. So I have a strong incentive to overconsume, right? It, because I, I know that the cost isn't being paid solely by me. That's they the haven't case with any any program like that.
4: And I don't really understand that concept either because I don't really want to go to the doctor. I mean, it's not a fun process.
3: Sure, sure you don't, but but in the system. Can I
1: give you? Can I give you a counterexample? I, I was actually talking about the same subject with an American friend the other day, and the girlfriend was telling me his girlfriend how for even if he sneezes, he goes and gets an MRI. So, what? That, yeah, it's like the, the guy is so uh, well. That was a bit of an exaggeration, but it is, it an is definitely. Prison, and yeah, that that's, is, I'm sure that's, it exists. It that's, exists, um, that, but that's and an that exact. is what he does. Um, but th- so it's the overconsumption that you're saying, I guess.
3: He's- but wait, there's there's more. I haven't even begun to scratch the surface. There's an there's an incomplete coverage population, uh, a, co- a coverage b- problem, which is to say that the insurance company is always missing part of the the population. So those without their employer coverage. Are viewed as a as a risk by those insurers, and they have to be paying attention to who they're taking on. There's an administrative costs a uh, mm-hmm. problem, right? Every and everybody understands that if uh, you know if these if the previous problems we've talked about uh, are are all in effect, insurance companies are just trying like hell to not pay for. What they have to pay for, and there's a ton of paperwork and administrative time that comes into that. There's there's an cool. inelasticity of demand problem, which which is to say that someone with no insurance and a sick kid who's in desperate straits will consume care they know they can't pay for. You know what I'm saying? They will they will uh, they will go over and beyond what their insurance coverage uh, uh, allows, and and just and they'll and I mean you have a sick kid you'll say anything to get to get health care. And if someone says, "Well, your your health insurance doesn't cover this," what are you going to do? You'll say, "I'll pay for it out of pocket." When you know very well you don't have the money, mm. uh, you know, that's that's a problem that the insurance companies have to deal with. They, of course, they have regulations, right? Insurance companies are regulated uh, in, in every way possible. So, and that's because, of course, healthcare is a life or death matter. Uh, you know, so. What we've allowed, in, <laughs> we've allowed in, this, in this country, in the United States, is for emergency rooms to become our primary care providers. And mm. that is the most costly spot in the entire system for us to provide care to the uninsured. That, that cost is being eaten by everyone all the way across the board. And and that's what the, in, the huge debate in the United States is about, is we are paying way too much and not getting as much health care as we could be getting for all the people for the cost. So, of course, those who are willing to admit the problem want reform. They want it to be fixed.
1: So, can, can I ask you something? Uh, going back to the example you said with the parent and the child who would say anything to pay whatever and then you say that it's a problem for insurance company but wouldn't it be a problem for the hospital who is the one who, who has to invoice this treatment not the insurance i mean they cover up to a certain point but then the, the hospital uh, invoices the private person right right and that, and
3: that's why i say that if a hospital is going to stay open it's it's got to find its revenue from somewhere and the only people paying hospitals are health insurance companies. So that's why there's that cat and mouse game of, of overcharging up front and then ultimately coming to a compromise between the provider and the health insurance company.
1: Because they know that these uh, parents with the child, if they get invoiced for, I don't know, 200K, they will not really pay for it. They will file bankruptcy or, or anything like that, right? That's what you mean. Exa- that's exactly right. and that's the and that's the really
3: sad thing is the people who try to to deal with the problem of just being unlucky, honestly, and say, well, I just got a bill. I'm going to pay it because I owe that. Those are the people who are who are just being taken to the cleaners by, uh, you know, by the results of a system that they they had nothing to to do with in the first place. The in in terms of those problems,
0: um, Randy. There's a bill that which was just voted. Um, you know, the healthcare bill, and a lot of people are. I, I'm talking about the U.S., of course. A lot of people are saying that. Do you know anything about that bill, or? Oh, I've been paying close attention. Yes. All right. So a lot of people are saying that the the Democrats basically gave up and and drafted a bill that was devoid of you know any anything that could yield good results. Uh, is that the case? And can you tell us what it does exactly?
3: I want to I want to start with a disclaimer that this discussion will, because we're recording it, it will be frozen in time, and so I only know what. We know on October the 17th and sure. if you if we had this discussion every day for the last two months, it would be very different from one day to the next. And so we do not know what the Congress of the United States is going to do next week, next month and so forth. And and believe me, what the the president ultimately signs into law, which will have been approved by, uh, you know, simple majorities in our House of Representatives and in our, in our Senate it may not have any similarity even okay. to what, what we're currently seeing the negotiating on but there there's really there's re- you can put it into two piles there's a pile of junk that junk legislation, stuff that that people think has a big benefit to someone, and it really won't. Uh, there's it's a ton of it's a ton of new law and regulation that is not going to change anything. And then on Can the other, give us s-
0: an example, like one example of that.
3: Oh, uh, the, the, I've seen I've seen a lot in the, the so-called Baucus bill. A, a senator named uh, Max Baucus came up with uh, uh, what uh, what is sort of the basis for for all of the negotiation right now. Um, I, I saw all sorts of changes to uh, payment structures changes okay. to changes to time that that uh, providers are allowed to negotiate and all is just stuff that doesn't make a difference to the big okay.
0: problem so minute details about the way the system that doesn't work today works right that's that
3: makes up a lot of the noise you're hearing about new legislation in the United States on the other hand there is this one concept that you've been referring to in the phrase public option, which is totally misused, <laughs> that, that phrase. But there is this concept that we can establish a government payer, not a single payer. Like Canada, Canada has a single payer. And by the way, the, I've, I've looked closely at the, the systems in the United States and Canada. Healthcare itself, no difference. You go to your doctor. You go to your hospitals. Blah blah blah. There is not a difference in the levels of coverage provided. The technology, it's all the same. The only difference in those two countries is who is paying the healthcare provider. In Canada, that one entity, or as, as Samantha explained, the entity in each different province, paying the healthcare provider. In the United States, the insurers, and to some very small extent, the individuals. But but this uh, public option would establish a payer. To the system, and that payer would be operated by an agency of the federal government. Of well, course, that's out
0: that, now. That, that's not part of the bill, isn't it?
3: Um, as of right now, there, there is not in the, in the Senate negotiations there is not a public option so to speak and i really don't like that phrase but but remember that's only half of the united states congress okay. and it and that's the half where the uh, you know that that's full of people who are barely uh barely there barely functioning people. intellects <laughs> Uh, in the United States Senate is is disgusting, but in the in the House of Representatives in the United States, which has not begun to be noticed in this fight, there is a much much larger majority of Democrats who have a desire to see that public option payer uh, brought into existence. So it's not completely out yet. Oh, no. Um, I, in fact, what, I would say right now, I, I, if, you had, if you wanted to bet money, I would bet money on a bill coming out of the, the House of Representatives that had a strong public option in it and the okay. Senate being on the fence. And, and hopefully they will get steamrolled and that, and that same bill will make it to the, uh, to the president's desk.
0: What about the uh, obligation to get health care? The obligation to. Get, yeah, I, see what like, I see what you're saying. Yeah.
3: Um, okay. So, so you you understand what the problem is. The problem is we're paying we're paying more than we have to, in order to provide healthcare to the people who can't afford it. So we're saying what, what we'll do to, to fix that is will it will create a payer, where we can manage costs. That's the big that's the big deal there, is that payer can say to the provider, this is exactly what we're going to pay you you have to uh you have to to provide health care to this this individual who belongs to us the the federal government insurance system and that's it and and so that that has to be paid for by someone of course uh, you come back around and say well it's going to it's going to be paid for by a some of our tax money and b the people who are actually receiving the care well you have to you have to force people to, to pay for right. uh, the, the coverage to, to put themselves into the coverage group and that's a really really tricky situation I I, I admit uh, I do not like the idea of saying to someone you have to pay whatever a hundred dollars a month or, or whatever it costs it's not going to be that expensive but but the upshot of it is that if it's $50 a month or whatever it costs, the savings to the entire country will be so large that a, a lot of people believe that cost will actually go down. We'll be forcing people to pay, like you say, like $9 a day to be in the hospital, and it won't be, it won't be something that, yeah. that should, should hamstring the legislation from, from getting passed
0: well the the evidence of the other uh, you know countries and other systems seems to suggest that you go indeed from somewhere around 16% of the gdp like you are today to 10% i don't know what it is in canada or or argentina or the netherlands but in france it's around 11 in sweden it's 9 point something whatever you know it it does seem like the cost would go down but um let, okay, so we, we I think we get a pretty good idea of the situation in the U.S. now. And I want to drive to a conclusion to the show with sort of our thoughts about all this. And it, it is obvious uh, what we're going to go to because it seems to me what that the heart of this whole discussion is that it is heartbreaking because it is an obvious situation. Um, and the only... One good argument that I heard for I- in favor of more uh, completely open and free market uh, for health care in general was someone who sent me an email i 'm sorry i don 't remember the name, but they said it does drive research and innovation in the healthcare industry and market, and it Drives, you know, the the American um, healthcare industry creates new drugs, new medicine, new procedures, stuff like that, and you wouldn't have that if you didn't have this system.
4: But all countries are doing
0: that, though. You you have
4: inventions throughout the world. You have France coming up with things. You have Canada coming up with things. So So I don't don't, think the United States is the only place that comes up with things.
0: And it it might be that the United States comes up with more things. Maybe. I'm not even sure about that. But even if that's the case, it seems that the price you're paying in human life and uh, money is a little bit too high if it's just that you're going to get more of the these advances in in medicine. If 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 it was that the the US was the only country that was providing us with research, you know, with advances in medicine and and medicine was at a, a stale stop everywhere else, then maybe there could be an argument for that, but it's not the case. So I don't agree with that um, that specific argument, but I- I'm sorry. Someone wants to say something. For for
3: me, this is the point where I just have to look at the third world. Uh, because, really, the the United States researchers spending billions of dollars learning how to uh, better do liver transplants and being able to extend a patient's life by a couple of years is so obnoxious when you think about how there is really high bang for the buck, cheap stuff like antibiotics, antiseptics, vaccines that. Could be saving so many millions of lives in the third world. That, that that's really where I, I wish we were that all. Everyone in the first world was concentrating their efforts. Well, that, I... that 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 defense. Oh, but you know, if if you uh, if you didn't have an open market in the United States for healthcare, then you wouldn't have better liver transplants. Is so meaningless to the worldwide healthcare problem of not having access to antibiotics.
0: Well um I I'm not sure that the I, I'm not sure I agree with you and I'm not sure that's the same issue. But yeah, I understand your your uh your your concern there.
1: Um I understand what you mean uh about uh research for for the liver transplant but also, it cannot be used as a as an excuse to stop research you know i i i i have I face the same problem in my industry, which is space every day when people say, "Why do you spend so much maybe on a satellite when there are so many others just that don't have anything yeah. to eat but just because you have people that the are getting sick in in third world countries, including Argentina doesn't mean that you have to stop researching, because research pays a lot more in the long run. Maybe yeah. it's not, uh, again, it's, it's not the hundred bucks that you get today, but it's what is what going to save us uh, 50 years in the future.
0: I definitely agree, and that's why I was saying it's, it's not the same uh, issue, it's a different debate.
4: Um, Well, that's that's the thing with the Olympics going on here in Vancouver um, in February. Everybody's saying, why are we spending this money on the Olympics when we could be spending it on medical care or education or something like
0: that? I think the people who say that you should take away their iPods and tell them you could have saved, you know, 10 lives in Africa.
4: Well, that's that's kind of the thing, and you you have to be realistic. Societies have to make decisions based on what is best for society. Yeah. I think the heartbreaking thing about what's going on in the states right now is that people from the outside don't see the United States making the best decision for their people.
0: Right. So and that okay, is working. Yeah, that's that's the point I want to get to with this conclusion. Let's start talking about um, about. What we take away from this whole conversation that's about an hour and a half long now. Um, what, what uh, I'm going to start and then maybe you, can, you guys can, uh, can uh, tell us what you think. What I take away from it is that we, all of us, we uh, talked about five or six different countries from the first. And uh, is Ar- Ar- Argentina a second world country or is it a first world country now?
1: um sure. i think you can still consider it third world third world wow okay jesus well yes we're not doing so uh, as bad as okay. maybe some very poor african countries but uh, it's not very high in the ladder either so okay
0: um so we have different countries different systems mostly first world you know c- countries that should be compared that could be compared to the us and Certainly, the system is not perfect. We're not, none of us has a perfect solution and we can all point to, to issues that plague the system and that might uh, be, become maybe even more serious in the long run. But what strikes me is that we have systems that kind of work, that, that do what they're supposed to do, which is a safety net for people. And that provide basic human, you know, it's it's almost a human rights issue that you you're supposed to be treated when you're when you're uh, when you're you're having problems with your health, and the problems in the U.S. seem so much bigger and more on another level of issues that it it's staggering that they are even considering. You know what the things that they're considering to get around doing simple things that like we have in our countries, and the other part of the discussion is, it is more expensive in in the in the U.S. than in every other sing every single country that we're talking about. It costs more. It works not as well. And the one reason for the whole issue seems to be people don't want to have to get insured they're saying this very basic american rhetoric which i understand i mean i'm not trying to put down the american spirit here but they're saying i don't want to have to do something i don't want to and the government can't make me do this or that well to me the way i see it is the government is making you use your seatbelt, and you have to have a car that has a seatbelt and you're paying for that extra seatbelt insulation. Now, the cost might be, you know, ridiculously low. But I mean, anyway, the point is they're making you do something because it's preventive and it's better than not doing it and getting in trouble because you're an idiot or because, you you know, you, you didn't plan on having that accident or on getting cancer or on having your child diagnosed with a, a terrible disease. You didn't. And the reason, for it, but of course,
3: right. the reason for seatbelt laws, like so many things that we enforce across a population, is the fact that the cost of not doing certain things is spread across a, a, a co, co, the whole population. Everyone pays when you don't. When when lots of people don't wear seatbelts, and therefore some of them end up being paralyzed and so forth. And and you're right. Healthcare prov- providing health care is the same sort of thing.
0: Um, Okay, so do do you guys, uh, the other other people, do you have the same analysis as me? Or uh, it seems like a, and that's the infuriating thing here. It seems like an obvious analysis of the situation. And, and it kills me that people are not seeing this. Some people in the US, I got emails like people telling me, I don't know where I started talking about the, the healthcare system, but people telling me, well, you don't really have a, a, a balanced version of the, uh, you know, balanced opinion on the healthcare system in the US because this, that, and that, and that, and I don't want the, the US to make me do this or that, the government to make me do this or that. It's not a debate, you know? It's not... I'm getting worked up here. This is the <laughs> personal part of, of the show No, but it from. does
4: get you worked up I live in Canada I am within an hour from the border I absolutely love the American people I'm madly in love with an American these are good people they are people who deserve medical care and they deserve medical care to the point where it's they don't have to worry about I'm having these weird headaches I'll just take aspirin no, that's it's, not good yeah, enough. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's you like it, it, I think the point of this show also is trying to show the American listeners: this is what we have. We don't have to worry about this crap. This is uh, like you know, I don't know, uh, uh, racial equality, or well, that's another debate. Yeah. But it, it's like <laughs> it's settled. The issue is settled. We well, have it's, this it's a human for right. all of us. Yeah, exactly. We to all life. We, we all have it. It should, you should not be worrying about it now. It's, you, you should be in a system where you don't have to worry about that crap. You should be getting the healthcare you need and deserve. And the reason, and, and on top of that, the most annoying, in, incredible thing is, on top of that, if you were doing it, you might say it costs a lot to, to us in France, Sweden, whatever. It costs a lot, sure. But that a lot is less than what you're paying now. It's You: could, and that's- you would be paying less. What is there to think about? What is the political discussion that ke- can even occur that you have to, to be arguing about it? And what kills me is that the goddamn republic uh, I'm sorry, Goddamn <laughs> Democrats are not managing to get that point across. How can you fail so much that you're getting into a debate with the Republicans? Why the Republicans are, are d- defending the other ideas? Maybe they're in the pockets of the, the pharmaceutical industry. Maybe well, not. That's, that's that doesn't part of matter. the problem,
4: though, is that but, the U.S. system is set up with lobbyists and things like that. Sure. So, But, but that um, doesn't the even matter. The,
0: the Democrats should be winning. The, the, they should be winning this debate hands down. Everyone should be saying, of course, that we should change the system. And if we don't have an, an alternative, let's look at a system that works better, costs less, and let's do that for now. And when we think but of something so better...
4: In some ways, they are winning the debate because the American people do want a public option. The majority of people in the states want coverage. They don't know exactly what that means, but they know that there's a problem and they know that they want coverage. The problem is, is that the politicians are getting involved and they're fighting over stupid things like death panels, which was the most retarded thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, But. They're not getting to the nitty-gritty of the situation, which is just, you know what, we need to make sure that people can go to the doctor and not worry about their insurance premium going up. Or, you know, it's like my dad, he's a heart patient. He now has four stents in his heart. Right. It wasn't a consideration as soon as yeah. we knew that he had a heart attack, he went to the hospital, you know, and he got looked at and it was never a question of, can same, we afford this?
0: Yeah. Sa- same for me. My dad has heart issues and he has a couple of uh, springs in his veins, uh, in his arteries. Uh, mm-hmm. I had an accident when I was a lot younger uh, that required heavy, heavy surgery. I was in, in the uh, on the surgery tab- table for like 10 hours. Um, all this with, happened without any consideration, any issue, any. Uh, in the U.S., I would have been bankrupt, and exactly. I mean my parents. And all of this, again, I really want to stress this point: costing less to us as a country than it would than it does now in the U.S. It costs less; you would be saving money. How? Well, that's anyway. that's
4: one of the things because I, I mean, healthcare is is actually one of my pet things because you know i'm canadian um and i i talk to my american friends about this quite a bit because i have a lot of friends who are in the states and the thing that blows me away is that they are getting ripped off yeah and that's what ticks me off they're not getting the medical care and they're paying more for it than anybody should have to it's just not efficient
0: sam i think we are in agreement let's Mm. let's ask the other ones because we sort of uh, took (laughs) over here Sorry, sorry, guys. Uh, you, uh, I actually you...
1: want. I, I wanted to, uh, yeah, maybe also raised uh, another point uh, in favor of the American system. Not that I'm in favor. I, I completely agree with you, Patrick. I, I think it's no brainer. But when I was having the same conversation with my American friends, their justification was, uh, well, but thanks to the system we have, we have the best doctors in the world because they can get the highest salaries compared to other countries and so they decide to stay here and they decide to treat us here and of course i i i found it very i didn't know exactly how to refute well, that argument but i found uh, it i found it a bit weak uh, you well, know
2: it's, it's it sounds a bit obnoxious to me. Exactly.
1: I, mean, I, I don't even think they have the best doctors. I don't know if they have the best doctors or not, but I would not uh, say that the doctors in Sweden or in the Netherlands or in Argentina are worse because well, they are here, not working in Manhattan. You know? Well,
0: let me, let me give you uh, something uh, that will answer this argument. First of all, maybe you're going to get uh, you know, 10 doctors which, get, which can get more money in the US. Sure, maybe they're going to do that. Look at the actual ranking. The U.S. is 36th in quality of healthcare. So your best doctor, whatever, maybe your your you know your CEOs are getting them. I'm not even sure about that because we have pretty good doctors here in France too. Because remember that there are private clinics and all that crap. We also have that. It's not about you know getting the exact same doctor to treat everyone in the country. That's not the point. But no, I know,
1: I know. It's just that they, they are you, very Republican. Yeah. Actually, when I said uh, that, actually Cuba has very good doctors as well. They laughed about it. They, they,
0: well, they, yeah. they did not believe it. Well, uh, yeah. So the, 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 the thing to know is you the U.S. are 36th in the world. 36th. That's not a good number. So a lot of people will say we have the best healthcare system in the world, as people, you know, uh, nationalist people of, often think in the U.S. And in some cases, you know, there are a lot of things where the U.S. is number one, definitely. <laughs> but in that area check your sources it's uh, you're 36 but, it, it but medicine is
2: also a global thing i mean we live in the age of the internet and research is global and i mean the doctors in sweden they look at reports from all over the world um sure. <laughs> i don't think that it, you can say that one country has better medicine because the medicine is global you have global conferences yes. which share uh,
1: the knowledge I think they they were talking also about very very specific types of specialities. Like many people, they say that people from all around the planet go to the states just to get a specific treatment on certain type of cancer, and that is why the system is better.
0: Sure, I don't think that's going to go away though. It's not going to magically go away all of a sudden because you have a, a public option. Uh, well, and and julio
3: thing. i 'm just i 'm appalled and i apologize for that stupid red herring of an argument because it, it it's not germane to the the problem or the solution you could have the you could you could actually do a study that proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that the 10,000 best most qualified most experienced best pro, uh, providing doctors on the planet were all in the United States and it would not change one thing to the problem which is we have so many like millions of people who have no access to those doctors that is the problem. It doesn't matter where the good doctors are, and you can't you can't say, well, but this system must be perfect because it somehow generated something. You know, this one way that we measure things, where you know, we've gotten a better result than other countries. That's ridiculous. And and the sad thing is that people are going to stand on stupid arguments like that until the entire system's bankrupt and more people, and until they see people dying in the streets, they're going to stand on those stupid arguments, and we can't let them do
0: that. Maria, what do you think of uh, the whole the whole discussion until now?
2: Well, it's easy to point out the flaws, but it's hard to find a solution, I think, because I mean, we have national health care, and that is a very good thing compared to many other countries, and you have the, a very high level of health care for each, every individual, and, and I can see that is, I mean, that's a no-brainer, that's good. Uh, But how to make the system even better, um, I'm at a loss, to be honest.
0: Sure, even better than it is now. And I think that's, you know, for you. But when you look at the the American system, you know, we all agree that we have issues in our countries. Oh, yeah. What what, what do you think in... uh, about the american system is my you know my main question here
2: <laughs> well that's fairly obvious okay <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, a, I'm a socialist i think that you know we, sh- we we take care of each other we are a nation together and there are those who can't take care of themselves there are those who are poor there are those who are not planning for the future, and there are those who get themselves into trouble, and there are those who are old and sick. And we who work and uh, have a better uh, situation, we do pay for these people, but we all pay together to have an equal health care. Uh, I don't, you know, me, I that's, don't. That's uh, yeah. It's for the benefit of
4: society. It's
2: for the benefits cited, definitely.
0: But I think you, you, you mentioned the, the S word, you know, socialism. And I don't, I'm not certain this is a socialist issue. Um, again, we, if we think in capitalistic terms, the system works less efficiently, the way it's designed in the U.S., and it costs more. So even from both a socialist standpoint and a capitalistic standpoint, it's not uh, you know, doing very well. Yeah, so, I don't
2: think you can ever make healthcare profitable. I just don't think you can. I think it's something I don't think that will cost it. the society, yeah. and I don't think you should, because it's sh- that's not the the motive uh, that should drive. Sorry, sure. it's drugs.
1: it's a
3: it's a sort of it's a sort of nonsensical thing when you look at it from a really broad perspective. The healthcare as a profitability. Uh, subject like would you make policing profitable would you make the fire department a for-profit
0: well i understand i understand what you guys are saying from a from a philosophical standpoint but again the insurance companies here in france are making money It's not an issue Well, and so
4: are the insurance companies in Canada. But the insurance companies in Canada are doing it based on things that aren't required in order to keep people alive. The things that are required in order to keep people alive is not for profit. I mean, mean. the fact that I want a private room to have my baby in is going to cost me money. And you know what? It should. Okay. You know, okay, I I could have a baby under the just the MSP system and I get a private room for the actual birth, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. But then oh, come recovery... Come on, you
0: can do it in the bathroom. It's not that big.
4: A exactly. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'd like to see you dry. Um,
0: all right. Um, <laughs> but,
4: you know, yeah. recovery, I would go back to a main ward or yeah. I can opt out of that and pay for my own room. And... There's nothing wrong with that system.
0: All right. So I think the the main thing here is that everyone seems to agree. Uh, and I strongly believe, you know, I think I've, I've shown in all my, my shows, and my online public dealings with all the issues that I've talked about, I really try to be as uh, non-biased, you know, as objective as I possibly can. And I really think that in this instance, it, there are so many arguments uh, for this kind of change that we we think would be beneficial to the American people. I honestly think you 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 are you can't take the side of the, the 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 I don't even want to say the Republicans, but the the ones who wouldn't want the 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 system to go to the side of. Europe uh, or the systems we have here, you can't take their arguments and, and be on the right, in the right. Uh, it's not right to to think the system, the way it works is it shouldn't be changed. And seeing, looking at France, Sweden, Canada, whatever, and thinking, oh, they're socialists, we shouldn't do that. I'm sorry, you're in that case, I think you, you you're just wrong. And apparently... what was it, 62% of the American people want this public option thing that that they don't really understand, but they think they they would want, they want coverage. But Samantha raised a point that I want to pass on to Randy to get uh, an answer about this. She said, it's the political scene, which is perverted almost, and they are the one not getting their crap together and not doing what they should be doing. Randy, do you think that the disconnect here is really in the in Washington, and that's the, the the main issue why why things are not advancing the way most people agree they should be advancing no it's money well i mean it's money it's money combined
3: with an us versus them political structure and you know and and everyone in the United States has been made to believe that they fall into one camp or the other in the political structure and that there is something to be gained by winning. And something to be lost by losing. Therefore, one should root for one's team and uh, espouse the beliefs of those who are speaking to your team. You know, where where on, uh, on each side you have pundits that are doing the speaking. But all of that, that entire, in this particular subject, all of that is funded by people who have made a lot of money over the last few decades. And I mean a lot of money by you know establishing their own profits and we're seeing you know we're seeing those health insurance companies spending millions of dollars a day getting out the message that it's bad to change that the public option will make things either some of them are saying more expensive some of them are saying it'll drive them out of business they they can't seem to get their message straight but that money is funding all of the talking heads who are speaking to one side or the other, to to uh, to put forth complete, you know, misinformation and and so forth that, that you're so, uh, you know, that worries you so much. And so how
0: how did we get in a system where the people, even in in this issue, you know, it's not death penalty or guns right or or pro life or whatever. This issue seems like it should be a no brainer. How did you guys get in a system where the the country is so divided into those two camps that even with issues that seem so obvious you can't seem to get your point across us us
3: versus them politics pure and simple it's this is the this is the result of decades and and, and centuries of establishing more and more deep-rooted us versus them politics, and I identify with my party and with my party's leaders, and whatever the other party believes in, wants, uh, thinks is right, must
0: must be wrong. But uh, by, how how with, do you, you impart don't even part to- that 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 belief in the the American people? How do how do you even do it?
3: again through uh, to spend a lot of money' it 's mm. it's, it's not difficult with you know in in this political system to convince people who are already somewhat predisposed to believe what one side tells them and not the other to convince them of anything it's, it, it, it 's mind boggling what uh, and we 're not talking about half of the country we 're talking about let 's say ten percent of the country on each side. And that 10%, you know, ends up being 32 million people or something like that. That's a lot of people who believe that uh, anything, no matter what, that comes out of uh, Barack Obama's mouth is a lie anything you know he could he could really uh, he could really say uh, you know to some of these people your name is Patrick and you're from France and they would say absolutely lie. no I no I'm not you lie and they would <laughs> they would actually start to question their own existence but <laughs> but hey, they're, maybe, they're, maybe that's the way to do it <laughs> but they, maybe it is. but they are being spoken to they're being spoken to by people that they consider to be uh, honest and trustworthy and righteous, and they're going to listen to whatever, you know, whatever they're told and believe it.
0: All right. I think that's the first time I got so heated in, in a debate. <laughs> it's probably not, and I'm sure people will, uh, will tell me, are you kidding me? Did you forget about this time when you said this and that? But...
1: Yeah, well, did you forget how to... heated you were on the special for girls episode?
4: <laughs> <laughs> One of the other things to keep in mind too Is that the politicians in the states Have a great medical system And they're covered
0: Sure, yeah That's very true I'm mm-hmm. sure things would go very differently If they didn't have health care Although, you know yeah. the, the health insurance companies Would probably make sure that you know They got uh, the, the proper kind of health care Because they are making the decisions Sure okay you know there there would be a whole lot more to talk about than this uh, in this debate but i think we got the most uh, points across the most important points across and i i really want to talk to the people and i know there's not going to be a lot of people who are going to be listening to this but the ones who think that you know the healthcare debate is 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 a debate, and they are uh, siding with the Republican side. Well, well, you know, with the extreme Republican view of this, try to focus on the first part of this show, where we were describing what we are getting for less money than you guys. Uh, You should be getting that too. That's what you know. Samantha was saying, and we really feel outrage and sadness for for you guys not because we think you should be doing what we're doing because we're better. It's because we think you deserve that kind of, of, of uh, system. Um, and it's a, it's a shame that a country like the United States, which is so, you know, it's almost part of, you're in our team of the first world country. You're the developed countries. You shouldn't be getting certain healthcare that is a uh, uh, healthcare resembling to one in in a much lower developed countries it's just not right so focus on on the part where we are telling you what we get and think that you should you could be getting that too anyway that's my hope um i want to thank each and every one of you for coming on the show and bearing with my insane uh attitude here um I, I'll uh, give you guys a chance to pimp what you're doing on the internet. Maybe Twitter names and stuff like that. Uh, Julio.
1: Um, I well, my Twitter name is Aprea A P R E A, and then I well, I started a blog Julioaprea.com, but it's not very active to be honest. <laughs> you were you were and doing a a podcast
0: about technology, weren't you? In, I in am. Spanish.
1: I am doing a podcast. Uh, I'm participating more as a panelist. When I joined, they already had 100 episodes. I cannot really say I'm doing it. (laughs) It's called Alternaria.tv. And that spelling is going to be tricky. Uh, A-L-T-E-R-N-A-R-I. A. <laughs> Jesus. I think it's okay. if you just put it in the in the, um, in the, show, in notes. the show notes, it will yes. be easier.
0: Uh, just send me fun. an email. I, I did it already in a previous episode, but send me an email again. I will include that. Thank you. Uh, Maria, anything you want to share?
2: Well, I don't have much to pimp, but you can follow PAGA on Twitter if you want to. I mostly whine about the hardship of a Swedish nurse.
0: <laughs> okay. Thank you. Uh, Sam. What do you do on the internets when you're not delivering your own baby?
4: Um, Well, let's see. I'm on Twitter quite a bit. I I am Sam Jane there. um, And you can feel free to follow my Hug Fest, which usually goes on. Um, (laughs) Other than that, nothing too much. I surf around different forums and argue a lot with people, but that's about it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Cool. Okay, thanks a lot. And Randy, of course, we know you.
3: Uh, Randy Deluxe. Twitter.com slash dot com for for all uh, World of Warcraft enthusiasts, the
0: instance.net. Thank you. Uh, my name on Twitter is not Patrick. If you want to hear me rant about uh healthcare and other things, you can go there. You can go to the website, which is com Is it? I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, you can find that on Frenchspin.com. Uh, You can go comment on the website, uh, on the blog. Uh, You can go put some um, comments on iTunes also. This will help us get a little bit more visibility on the iTunes store, which is essential. I think there are various little uh, web awards going on, but uh, I can't remember. If you want to vote for us in these things, you can. Thank you um and that's going to be it for for us today we can continue the conversation on the blog i'm sure a lot of people will have a lot of things to say there uh and we will talk to you uh in two weeks actually with a different group of panelists for the regular show that will be the end of october and until then i hope you'll have a uh, fun and healthy uh two weeks so talk to you soon guys Hello and welcome to the Phileas Club. This is a special episode about healthcare and this is the... Okay. I I like where this is going already.